On April 9th edition of the show, we'll talk about NBA players feeling a little hoarse. Tom Brady opens up on the Howard Stern Show. KG is hostile at the thought of his jersey being retired by the Timberwolves and much more. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at 7-Eleven underscore sports podcast. Our searches on Facebook and Twitter. Mike Leach, the new head coach for Mississippi State, is in the headlines again for another controversial tweet. Over a week ago, he posted a picture of an old woman knitting a noose for her husband with a caption that said, after 12 days in quarantine. It is commonplace for him to post goofy memes like this on Twitter, and it's also not uncommon for him to delete controversial tweets. Several staff members at the Mississippi State University and even a few of his football players were offended at the tweet. Margaret Hagerman, a professor at the university, replied to his tweet by saying, lynching jokes are incredibly offensive anywhere, but especially in Mississippi, this brutal history. Senior linebacker Aroll Thompson retweeted the professor's comment with a questioning emoji. Since then, Mike Leach has apologized for offending individuals with his tweet and also deleted it on Twitter. He is also being made to attend listening sessions with students and go to a state museum about black history. Not only that, but then defensive lineman, senior defensive lineman has entered the transfer portal. Defensive tackle Abdul Lovett is transferring from the college. Although we did not say that the tweet was directly related to this decision, his father did say, though, that he is not comfortable with his son playing for Mike Leach. This is definitely a rough start for the first year head coach. One day after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unveiled their new uniforms, their rivals, the Atlanta Falcons, also released new unis. It had been 17 years since Atlanta changed their jerseys last. The Falcons' home uniforms will be all black. Their away will be all white with gray pants. After their home and away and color rush jerseys, they will have a mix of total. They will mix a total of seven different combinations. The Atlanta Falcons organization will also bring back the 1970s throwback. Another cool part about the uniform will be the ATL signature, which stands for the City of Atlanta, on the front of the jersey and helmet. Many players and fans were asking the team to go all black from their home jerseys. The Falcons wore all black for their home games from 1990 to 2003. Atlanta Falcons legend Deion Sanders famously said, if you don't look good, you don't play good. In 1992, after the Falcons upset the then division rival 49ers, he started singing too legit to quit in all black uniforms. Michael Vick, the best quarterback in franchise history for the Falcons, also wore all black unis in the early 2000s. He appeared on the cover of Madden wearing the Falcons' all-white uniforms. When the Atlanta Falcons became a franchise in 1967, they wore all black. In the 1970s, they switched to red jerseys and red helmets, mostly because of the heat they were playing in. In the 1990s, they wore black jerseys and helmets and white pants. And their away uniforms were all white with a black helmet. In 2004, Atlanta went to white pants, red jerseys, and black helmets. Until this year, this was the last time the Falcons changed uniforms. When the Falcons began playing in 1967, they played in Mercedes or in the Brave Stadium. The first official stadium of the Falcons was the Georgia Dome that was built in 1984. Atlanta currently plays in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which was built in 2016. Because of the heat and exhaustion, they switched from black jerseys to red jerseys in the 70s. During the 70s, they were known for their hard-hitting defense. The defense would always bail the struggling offense out. In a funny way, it's completely different now. The Falcons' offense is high-flying, but their defense allows other teams to fly as well. 
The Falcons' best player is Julio Jones. With Antonio Brown not being in the NFL currently, Jones is considered to be the best receiver in the league. This year, the NFL NFC South might be the toughest division in all of the football and has the two best receivers in the game, Julio Jones of the Falcons and Michael Thomas of the Saints. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. During this COVID-19 crisis, we hear a lot of bad news. In the sports world, we tend to hear a lot about the cancellation or postponement of sporting events. Well, here's some good news. As the COVID-19 crisis continues, people in the U.S. and across the globe are adapting to this new lifestyle. Even sporting good manufacturers are adapting to help overcome this pandemic. Formula One racing teams are making CPAP machines and ventilators, and companies that once made hockey masks are making clear face shields for healthcare professionals. Buyer Equipment is making such face masks, and Ed Kennelly, the CEO, said our company culture is an athletic mindset. Our employees view this challenge of being the virus like beating a competitor. Other examples include companies like New Balance, who are making cloth masks for healthcare workers. The Magic Five, a company that makes Google or go- Google's or goggles for swimmers, is making custom-made goggles for doctors and nurses. Plus, they're only selling them at a cost to our healthcare workers in New York. While many may wonder how we'll ever get through this, there are those in our society who are stepping up to fill the different voids in the community. If everyone just does a little, it would go a long way. The Canadian Football League has announced they will not play the regular season until at least July because of the COVID-19 outbreak. A week ago, they had to postpone training camp and preseason indefinitely. The season was scheduled to start on June 11th. The CFL might not play a full season, and even though they are committed to doing that, the Grey Cup is in November, and if they started in July and play a full season, they would have to play it in December or possibly January. No word yet on when teams can practice. The commissioner of the CFL, Randy Ambrosi, stated that the CFL is committed to playing a full season in 2020. He also said, we understand that there cannot be any public gatherings in Canada until at least June 30th. The Canadian Football League is hoping to return sometime in July. The NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL can all play without fans if they need to. Unfortunately for the CFL, it cannot. Half the teams in the CFL revenue comes from ticket prices. Some teams like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers revenue is 30% from the tickets. So they did not have any fans in the stands, Winnipeg would lose lots of money. This is also talked about the CFL postponing the entire 2020 season. However, that most likely won't happen. If the coronavirus outbreak gets any worse, the CFL will likely move this season from summer to fall. The CFL is the second most popular sports league in Canada behind the NHL. The Canadian Football League began playing in 1958 and was never has never had to cancel or postpone a season. Most teams in the CFL were established before the league got its name. The Toronto Argonauts are the oldest franchise in North America. They came, became a professional team in the late 1800s. However, they did not keep many records until 1958. 
Former Timberwolves and now Hall of Famer Kevin Garnett says he doesn't want his jersey retired by the Timberwolves. He said during an interview on ESPN he loves the city of Minneapolis, the fans and the players, but he doesn't do business with snakes. He was referring to Timberwolves team owner Glenn Taylor. Garnett spent six or spent 13 seasons with the Timberwolves after being drafted fifth overall in 1995. Garnett was traded back to Minnesota for his final season in 2015-2016. He had a great relationship with the president of basketball operations, Flip Saunders. When he returned to Minnesota, there were talks of him becoming a minority owner in the team. That all changed when Flip Saunders had an unexpected death. The team had to have a replacement for Saunders, so Glenn Taylor took over as president of basketball operations. Taylor and Garnett had a terrible relationship. All the talk about Garnett becoming a minority, minority owner and part of the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise fell through. His stats and awards were outstanding with Minnesota. However, the team struggled. He had very limited success with the Timberwolves, so he was traded to Boston in the summer of 2007. In his first year, he won a championship with the Celtics and was featured on the cover of NBA 2K9. He would help the Celtics to the finals again in 2010, but lost to the Lakers in seven games. After Boston, him and teammate Paul Pierce were traded to Brooklyn. He played three se- three there for two seasons before returning to Minnesota. Brady talked about a lot on the Howard Stern Show on Wednesday. Everything from being the backup on JV and working his way up to locker room antics. One of the more anticipated topics is his relationship with the New England Patriots organization. He was very clear that there is no greater New England Patriot fan than me. He appeared to have no hard feelings between himself and the organization. He said that he had met with Robert Kraft at his home to discuss his decision. He also called Bill Belichick directly to tell him the news. He had several conversations with both of them for over a year and it was advanced that he would become a free agent for the first time in his career. While the decision was never clear, he said probably he knew that he would no longer be with the Patriots before the start of last season. He said, I did not feel like I could play the top of my game in New England. He said that he felt like he needed a new challenge. He was also asked about his health and discipline off the field. As many already know, Tom has dedicated a lot of time and effort to keep his body in shape and eating healthy, although he did admit that he had several concussions. However, he feels he has plenty of more time to play at a high level. He does not believe that he's ju- just because he's 42 years old means he has to retire. He said you would not ask an artist to retire at 42 years old or a singer to retire at 42 years old. Why should I have to retire at 42 years old? On his discipline off the field, he believes that Belichick and him had a lot in common. He believed that he needed to be disciplined off the field and abstain from drugs and exclusive and excessive drinking. When he was younger, he felt that he was letting his dad down if he would never indulge in alcohol. But Tom feels as, that as long as he's healthy enough to play at a high level, he can continue playing football. ESPN will be airing a horse competition with NBA players like Chris Paul, Trey Young, and Zach Levine. It will also feature some WNBA players and a recent alumni NBA player. As of now, there's no date scheduled for it, but it's going to happen. On Twitter, Trey Young told Zach Levine absolutely no dunking. Zach Levine laughed and posted an emoji that said, why? Trey Young also jokingly said, only half-court shots. Young practices half-court shots daily. All the players that are participating will be separate from each other at home or somewhere outdoors that is far apart from each other. 
Young, despite being quarantined, has been very busy lately. He has been participating in the NBA Players 2K tournament, posting cool things about his dog, and now he'll be doing a horse competition. Young made his first All-Star game this season. Most believe Trey Young is the next Steph Curry. Young is a sharpshooter and an excellent passer. The other players, Chris Paul and Zach Levine, have been pretty quiet. Levine also participated in the Players 2K tournament and was upset in the first round by Sun center DeAndre Ayton. Paul, on the other hand, has been silent. In the offseason, Chris Paul was traded from Houston to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Analysts thought he would be traded right away because Oklahoma City would be rebuilding. However, that was completely wrong. The Thunder passed everybody's expectations of the, uh, of the season. They have the fifth best record in the Western Conference and with the record of 40-24. and 24. Paul was an all-star this season for the first time since 2017. Back then, he was a member of the LA Clippers. Thanks for listening to the 7-Eleven Sports Podcast, your top seven sports stories of the day in just 11 minutes.